Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Gregory. Hello. And Johnny. <laughs> it's what a journey to get to this point today, guys. I'm excited to do this, and it's nice to hear your voices in my ear holes again. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, as the tens of people who listened to last week's episode are aware. Um, we are starting this week with our, our limited run on the Fast and the Furious franchise. And by Ten me, movies. Me. <laughs> no, no, I, I watched it too, and I think Greg did too. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're all watching them. I, I'm, I'm making sure to get through this. Okay. I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll go into more detail as we get into it. But yes, and, that, was, that was the week. And Richard, you're excited because... You got to go into the second installment in the Oscar, not quite nominated, but at least, at the very least, worthy franchise of the Toxic Avenger. I, I will say this. I think that if I watch this with a group of friends, it could be a lot of fun. I think watching it by myself is quite possibly <laughs> the worst way to watch these awful movies. <laughs> Maybe that's I don't know I don't know we'll we'll get into it when we get into it. Um, other than watching all of this stuff this week, guys, what have you been up to? Um, I'll tell you what I did. I listened to uh, a new audio book because I have better part of an hour drive each way every day. Um, it is called the Chris Farley Show, okay. and it was written by his brother. Um, and they did something really interesting that I don't think I've ever heard of before with a biography in that they went to like dozens of people that knew him mm-hmm. and had them basically write their own memories. So as they go through the book, like they'll they'll tee it up with like, okay, you know, and then Chris did this and then they'll have passages from like five or six friends that describe how he got to that point and what kind of went on with that. Um, you know, anyone who's aware of Chris Farley knows that this book is a roller coaster. Mm. Um, there's a lot of really funny stuff. There's a lot of very sweet stuff. Um, but in the end, obviously it ends in tragedy. Um, so it's, it's not a book for, um, the faint of heart. It's. It was a very good read, but in the end, a very somber read. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was, if it was a work of fiction, it'd be like, damn, why'd you guys have to make this so depressing? Well, and it's it's always tough knowing, like having that understanding of like, no matter where this book takes you. You know how it ends. Yeah. Which is coincidentally the reason I'm also not excited for Black Widow. Not to make light of anything, but here we are. No, I and I get that too. Um, yeah. So. What if they multiverse her? Like oh, just movie. rip another Black Widow out of the multiverse? Yeah. Oh, God. No. I'm just That's not going to happen. I don't, I, I don't think that has the broad appeal of multiple Lokis. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the funny thing about that is the first time I was introduced properly to the multiverse in comics, so, like, I grew up in the 80s, and, you know, back then, comic book stores were still kind of hard to find for a bit, and then when, you know, Death of Superman blew up, you know, that's when I started paying a bit of attention, but I didn't get in-depth, and when I was introduced to the multiverse, someone was explaining it to me, and they're like, yeah... The multiverse is great because, you know, if your Batman gets killed, you can just go to another Batman in the multiverse and pull him in. And I was just like, holy shit, did, did they do that? He's like, no, not at all. But that's what they could do. <laughs> and I'm like, um, okay, that seems like a bad example. So explain it to me a little better. <laughs> it's best explained by Doctor Who. It's all a bunch of timey-wimey. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's the easiest way to explain a multiverse. Uh, that's that's cool though, man. Like, I'm glad you enjoyed it and you found something. I know there was a documentary on Chris Farley. Yeah, it came out in 2015. Yeah, it's I I think we just I feel like I came to that one late though because I was not mentally or emotionally prepared to watch it. Um, oh, I will not be watching that. It's. Well, no, actually, you and I talked about this, because I think I even brought it up on the podcast. So, it was... Uh, I forget the name of it. I'm a, a terrible podcaster for the fact that, like, my recall, unless it's super obscure or it made me laugh, is not great. You could have stopped after I'm a terrible podcaster. Oh, no, I know. I, I, I understand that fully. Um, so, the documentary that... Uh, it was called I Am Chris Farley. It was released in 2015. Uh, it looks like it is currently available on the Paramount Plus, maybe? Um, yeah, it won't have that until September. It, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to avoid the hell out of that, honestly. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> I, think we need, I think we did enough of the depressing stuff for 2021. Yeah, that was. I, I'm I'm happy that I, you know, listened to that audio book, but I'm I'm 100 good with avoiding uh, Chris Farley life related stuff for a little while. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that being said, um, what did you guys do, Greg? I watched obviously Fast and Furious. I watched a few episodes of My Hero Academia. There okay. Was there was something else that I did. Oh, I was I started back listening to um, Darknet Diaries, which is a podcast about Darknet slash hacking slash stuff. Nice. Uh, and so did you have a good week then? Yeah. Just working a lot, you know. Typical. Yep. <laughs> but, like the the one thing I will say that Darknet Diaries is not just about hacking right now. Like they're right now, uh, he's interviewing the ep- current episode, episode I'm on. Um, he's inter- interviewing a defector from North Korea, and they're just talking about how they control them in North Korea, how they control the public in North Korea. That's that's kind of rough, man. Like she, like she. When she left, like her and her mom got out of North Korea via 
like crossing a river into China. And then she was 13 at the time when it happened. Mm. And then she had to go from the the border of China to Mongolia so she could have like refugee status because they don't recognize refugees in China. But she had to do it alone. Her mom got like pulled away and sold to somebody. So it was just wicked to hear at the age of 13 what she had to go through. Yeah, that's pretty well awful. Oh, yeah. Talk about depressing. Yeah. All, uh, the 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 weird thing about it is it all started started with the movie Titanic. That she saw that movie and how people yeah. interacted, and she's like, "Wow, you can actually do that! Like that's that's like they don't have the in North Korea they don't have a word for love type stuff. Oh, it's just." Wicked Jesus, I, 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 I don't understand North Korea. Oh, like, I just don't. I've, I've listened to like 45 minutes of this episode so far, and I still don't understand how the hell they can pull that off. But, you know, they're fighting. Uh, so, Johnny. Yes, sir. What'd you do, buddy? Um, we had a little bit of recon work we had to do for the wedding this week, so we were down at our venue that both of you gentlemen will get to hopefully experience this fall. Um, and we were down there with the caterer, we got, oh god, I don't even remember, like, wedding coordinators? You know, like, Martin Short in Father of the Bride? Yes. We have hired twins there's two women that'll be taking over the operation and overseeing everything happening and I can already tell you just based on the brief time that we had down at Promontory Point it was probably the best decision that Ashley has made so far I mean other than marrying me of course I mean it's right up there with that decision because it's it's so nice to just be like, you know, this is kind of what we're hoping to do, and now we have people that are going to execute it for us and take a lot of the pressure off of us on the actual day as well as some of the events leading into it. So it, it was it was really neat, man. Um, you know, definitely some positive things. We uh, sorted the parking situation out, which is really nice. And, uh, no, dude, it was, uh, it was a really productive and positive week for that. Um... My lovely, lovely wife coordinated with friends of ours locally who have access to what may or may not be a suite at the Now Arena for September 5th. So I will, for the second time, be attending All Out at Hoffman Estates in, well, it's not in Chicago. Let me just get this out of the way. All Out doesn't take place in Chicago. The Sears Center is about 20 minutes north. <laughs> it's 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 not even like a suburb. It is it's it's not Chicago, but that doesn't matter. So that was kind of a cool little thing to happen. And other than that, just prepping for a quick trip to Detroit on Friday next week. That's about it. Um, stop by the comic shop because you guys both know I've been collecting the. 
monthly Fantastic Four since it dropped two in two in two years ago and change about that. Um, number thirty five is coming out, but it's also going to be the sixty year celebration of the Fantastic Four. So uh, most of your shops will have you know they got those like free book the previews books or whatever, and you walk in, they usually have it right by the front door. Um, yeah. It's really neat, man. John Romita Jr.'s coming back. So he contributed some artwork and stuff for the book as well. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that they found a old variant by Jack Kirby that is going to be one of the variant covers for it, too. So I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped. You know, it's a couple, couple books away, and that's all right. About a month and a half. Uh, outside of that, you know, I watched way too much Fast and the Furious this week. And by way okay, too but... much, opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess that gives us a chance to go ahead and just segue directly into that. Uh, so we were on our rewatch for the Fast and the Furious. This is the first of ten movies... And hey, when those ten movies are done, maybe we'll watch the Netflix animated series too. Nope. Lord. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, that was not part of the arranged deal. So, uh, yeah, so we watched the very first Fast and the Furious movie. The first Fast and the Furious movie came out in two thousand and one. Uh, it had a $40 million opening weekend for a total of $144 million domestic and $62 million overseas. Overall, it brought in $207 million worldwide on a budget of 38 Um, so this movie was spawned from, uh... Director Rob Cohen reading a magazine article about someone who was dubbed Racer X. And then deciding to create a movie based off that. Um, now, that being said, uh, this is from 2001. I feel like most people have probably seen this movie. Um, I do like this movie. I don't think it's, like, amazing... But I do think it's overall, you know, a decent movie to watch if you've never seen it. Uh, that being said, I don't think people are here to listen to me uh, speak grandiose about The Fast and the Furious. Although I do have some things to kind of just, you know, drop in and touch on here and there. What they want to hear is how much Johnny enjoyed this movie. You better start with dessert, man, because if I got to come with the salt, they're going to be real mad. Go ahead, baby. Hit it. I didn't know the origins or the motivation behind this film. And now I think I hate it even more. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I need to, like... I need to give, like, the, the footnote thing here first. I am not a car guy. This is... Like this is this is this is my nightmare. That's what this is. I I don't. I know enough about cars. I know how to change the oil. I know how to like properly keep them up. I know how to take care of them. Beyond that, I didn't like Gone in sixty seconds. I didn't like well, this. As I as I've told you previously, 
The upside is, once you get to four, the movies don't really become about the cars. Four is still kind of about the cars. But they But do. five and on, not really. But they do. And don't... Uh, oh. I'm not doing this. Because if I do it, I know all I'm going to get faced with is an influx of goddamn memes and I'm going to cancel all my social media. If the theme isn't cars, I know what you think it is. It's not. <laughs> and I don't want to hear it. I No, don't. I, I can hear it. I can hear you like drawing breath so, to go on a Richard rant. So I, I actually, I, I took notes as I watched this movie. And I didn't take an egregious amount of notes. I took like five. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and cut to the last two notes. So, you get to the hour and five minute mark until the first time the word family is uttered in a Fast and the Furious movie. And it is not uttered by Dominic Toretto. It is uttered by Brian O'Connor's LAPD boss. And... It's honestly, like, the sentence has no meaning like so so brian is talking to his boss and he's talking about how obviously dom is not the dude hijacking these trucks because he's too controlled and his boss talks about you know dom nearly beating the dude to death who who killed his father and then he looks at him and he says there's all kinds of family, Brian. That's a choice you're going to have to make. Like, it, it's it's almost like he's saying, like, Hey, Brian, I know that you have a thing for this Mia chick. But <laughs> it's like, it's kind of out of nowhere. Like, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But anyway, it, it's it's I just found it kind of funny slash interesting that the first and only time it was mentioned in the first movie was when Brian's boss was kind of shitting on him a little bit. Um, the other thing that I'll note, and this is my second uh, note that I'll talk about here, Dom never calls the group uh, that he's with anything other than a team. So, like, the whole Dom and family thing just isn't really there in this movie. And I get that, you know, by now it's a meme, but... It's just kind of, it, it, it goes back to the whole thing of, like, if you walked out of this movie in 2001, there's no way that you're going, this movie's going to spawn nine sequels and spinoffs, an animated series, uh, and a theme park ride. Uh, since I'm talking about my notes, a couple of things that I'm going to toss in there. Uh, they were stealing DVD players, VCRs, and TV VCR combos to the tune of six million dollars. Uh, and my my last actual note that I'm going to go ahead and toss out there: uh, the Einstein Kid, as they kept calling Jesse in this, also played the Einstein Kid on Supernatural. Uh, if you are a fan of Supernatural and you watch the early seasons, um, he was their techie kid friend who got killed and then became a techie kid friend in heaven. Literally. 
but yeah, that's it by way of notes while watching the movie. I'm 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 really happy you enjoy it. I'm glad it's something that brings you joy. I will thank Rob Schellenberger for this because it's. I think at times I get wound up just to try and make people laugh, and I tend to forget that there are things out there that people genuinely enjoy that gives them like a chance to disconnect from all the craziness of life. And I know that this franchise is one of those things. Um, I just it's. The, these films don't interest me, and I think the biggest kick for you guys is that you know I do not give a shit about cars. And so you know that me sitting through this is... I, I can't even think of an example, because there's a million other things I'd rather watch a nine-film series, nine series on, like Botanical Gardens of the Midwest. I would watch that. <laughs> because I might learn something. I'm not learning anything from this franchise. Um, it was cool to see... Now, I have jumped ahead of you guys. I'm not going to go into that. Um, well, I mean, I, 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 I think I, I said this previously. Like, I do feel like the first three movies are a completely different franchise than all of the rest. Mm-hmm. And it's why I was kind of devising my machete order for watching these. Because, I mean, I, I, the first movie is... it's fine. Like, it's a decent enough movie. Um, The second and the third one, in my opinion, are somewhere between awful and god-awful. And maybe we can knock them out in one episode just so we don't necessarily have to um, spend a lot of time on them. But I have to ask a question, and maybe it's just due to my sheer ignorance. But they always have those shots of everybody at this like big rally and there's like hundreds of people and people wearing clothes that are impractical and cars that look like a glass computer case with an air water coolant system and LEDs in it. And I'm like, did these events actually happen that way? They can't. There's no way. The cops would shut that down so fast. Um, you say that, but... You can organize a race as a one-off or whatever, but like, it's not like it's a block party where the cops are like, yeah, we're just going to let you gather because we know there's going to be illegal street racing happening all night. You say that, but apparently one of the things that inspired this was after reading the Racer X piece, uh, the director, Rob Cohen, actually went to a illegal street race. I, I, I feel like this is like a pro wrestler identity. It's just everything's turned up to 10. And it was like five people sitting around three cars, four cars, whatever it is. But I just, I refuse to believe that the way it plays out on film is what actually happens because I feel like it's shooting fish in a barrel for police and they love that shit because they can take (coughs) the cars and auction them off after they've stripped the parts. So I, I get what you're saying, but... Um, so I worked for Best Buy when this movie came out. Oh, God. Or was it Best Buy or, or I don't know. I worked in the, I worked in Tri-County, I'll say, when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really weird because, like, you know, there was already a certain amount of a subculture around, like, tuning cars. Yeah. Like, you would see the people drive up in the Honda Civics with, like, you know, the Honda Civic that cost $20,000 has $30,000 worth of parts in it. Um, 
And when we would close on, like, Sunday nights, all of a sudden, our parking lot would just fill up with all of these Honda Civics. But like, and did you see it before this film? Before the first one? Yeah. Eh, probably not. See, that's what I'm getting but, at. I'm, like... I don't know. But don't we're know. also... We're not L.A. I mean... Yeah, like it's it's hard to Cincinnati is not anywhere near a cultural hub as people think it is. Like like that stuff could be happening in LA. And one thing the other thing too is you're giving cops a lot of credit. Like cops don't always have like can find out this information. Like there's you know there's raves and stuff that have thousands of people that cops don't raid. But like literally, there's music playing for 24 hours, loud, and they still don't they 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 don't see it. Somebody has to narc on them. But I don't think that's as much of an impact on general or public safety as street racing is made out to be. You know what I mean? Like it's there's there's actually a show with street racing on whatever was it a History Channel or whatever, where they shut down a highway and people race. Like they, it's a show. It actually happens. So I think what's happening beforehand is this information's easier to find now. But in cops aren't plugged into that type of thing. That you'd have to have some specialized people that can actually get in and see that. Well, I just <clears throat> and more to your point as well, Greg. I mean, the, the, that's LAPD, man. They don't need a reason to arrest people. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you think they're that, just like you think it was you're stopping? going to jail today? That's the idea. Is like, also too, is LA's massive. Like, yeah. do they have enough people to kind of shut that down? Yes, no. I don't know. I don't live in LA. All I know well, is and they, a lot of things not, happen there. Excuse me. They're not going to do it in you know the middle of freaking downtown by the Hollywood sign. They'll do it in some sort of busted out industrial neighborhood or whatever. And who's going to be there to stop them? Whoever's gonna whoever's gonna go to going to go to one of those, it's not gonna be the same people that would report one of those. Right? So basically what we're trying to say is Fast and Furious is basically a documentary series. Yeah, oh my 100% god. percent true. I'm gonna go push my air conditioner out the window and stand underneath it. <laughs> okay, so um a little bit of internet research about the making of this movie. Uh, so this was called The Fast and the Furious. There was another Fast and the Furious movie in the 50s, uh, with kind of a similar overall premise about a racer, um, who the, who's wanted by the cops, um, but not really. Uh, Universal had to license it from Roger Corman in order to name this movie The Fast and the Furious. Uh, Paul Walker was given the role off of doing The Skulls. Oh, man. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so the studio wanted Timothy Oliphant for Dom... And Timothy Oliphant turned them down... Only fantastic. 
hold, hold on one second. I, you know what? <clears throat> I'm not upset. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're never going to confuse me for a fan of Vin Diesel, but if I have to see Timothy Oliphant in anything else ever again, it's too much. Uh, first that being off, said, bring black, bring back Santa Clarita diet, please. <laughs> first off, Timothy this... Oliphant was great and justified. Oh my um, God. But second off, I I don't. This is a completely different movie with Timothy Oliphant in it than it is with Vin <laughs> Diesel. Oh, this dies. This doesn't go to ten total films. I, it, can can you just imagine him giving the "I live my life a quarter mile at a time" speech? <laughs> but he's just. He's so much older than everybody else, isn't he? I actually don't think so. Um, Other than The Rock, which I'm really surprised because eventually with The Rock coming in, like he must be one of the oldest actual cast members. So Timothy Oliphant was born in 68, so he's 53. How old's Diesel? Because I feel like he's probably the next. He is right in that same range. Is he really? Uh, Vin Diesel is also 53. Okay. He's actually well, going to be 54 here in a couple days. Maybe it's just because he shaves his head and you can't see the gray. Because I just like, I think of Timothy as like the Mando version where he just looks worn out. Yeah, um, you know, just, uh, look at that real quick for shits and giggles. Uh, so comparing Vin Diesel and Timothy Oliphant's age with other people in the movie, uh, so Michelle Rodriguez is 42. Yeah. Um, Tyrese is also 42. (laughs) John Cena is 44. So, yeah, I mean, Vin Diesel is basically a decade on everybody else, which kind of makes sense from a character standpoint between, you know, like, the rookie cop and the dude who's already served yeah. time in prison. Yep. Um, but, yeah, uh, so other than that, uh, Vin Diesel actually had to be convinced to take the role. He didn't want to take it at first because he had only been in supporting roles to that point. Uh, Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez did not have driver's licenses prior to making this movie. Mm-hmm. Arrest them. Uh, they had to, uh, <laughs> they had to do training, uh, in order to get to the point where they were able to make this movie. That's why. Uh, um. 78 mo- cars were wrecked in the making of this movie. And there was an alternate ending that was released DVD only that had Brian resigning from the LAPD and asking Mia out for a real date. Things turned out fine. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, okay, sorry. They, no, doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into it. That's whoop, that's movies down the road. Um, on my Greg system... If I hadn't told you I was going to watch this, it would have been like, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg, you haven't really talked much. What, what are your thoughts on rewatching this first one after having recently watched F9? I mean, I, F, I, I almost feel like F9 should have came before the first one, just for the flashbacks alone, so you can understand more about the movie, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's the Fast and Furious, man. <laughs> Don't really want to get into a plot with that one, especially with the, all the, holes <laughs> in the plot. But yeah, it's it was good. It was a good watch. Okay, great. I still like the sound that the original car makes, like the shifting and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's all right. I finished it. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think it's a you know, as like I said, I think it's a decent enough movie, but it's it is a it is a very different movie from everything that comes after three. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of what I'm interested in, in hearing, you know, as Johnny goes on with the series, you know, if he starts to turn towards the light side of the force as we get to like four and five and six. Oh, I'm Sith as fuck. That ain't happening. <laughs> we both know I'm a miserable ba- miserable bastard. You knew this from the beginning. I'm Tony Soprano. I'm a miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> um Okay, so Johnny, you've watched one Fast and the Furious movie. Uh, uh, where, where would yes. you rank this out of one? I'm gonna call in on the <laughs> can, the <laughs> currency exchange rate. I'm gonna give it a point seven. <laughs> ah, so it's it's obviously a Canadian movie then. It's a Canadian one. <laughs> Okay, um, so anyway, I watched Toxic Avenger 2, a.k.a. Toxie Goes to Japan. <laughs> um, the Kaiju Avenger. <laughs> I don't, I mean, there's not really much to say about this movie. I thought it was somewhere between awful and god-awful. Um, I could see this being something fun to watch in a, in a group of friends. Like, I could see sitting down and watching this. Um, with, you know, like, if you and Ashley came over to our fictional house that has not been built, uh, and sitting down and watching this and be like, this is hilarious! Um, (laughs) but just watching it by myself, like, the only bit that actually did make me, uh, laugh was the bit at the end when they're in the car and the car starts getting wrecked. Uh, and the little old lady starts yelling at her husband over how crappy of a time she's having on her 50th anniversary. Um, but other than that, like this is it, it's a bit of a rough movie to watch. Um, it's a lot of stereotypes. Um, an amazing number of stereotypes. Uh, also, some puzzling decisions, like why they changed the name of his girlfriend. <laughs> so what you're telling me, Richards, is that you really enjoyed this film. Uh, I agreed to watch it, and therefore I did. And I agreed to watch three, and therefore next week I will. <laughs> um, I, I actually... Um, Probably my most exciting thing was finding out that there was an entire copy of it on YouTube, so I didn't have to give anyone any money to watch it. <laughs> well, he, I told you the, the the subsurface is free for a month. Yeah, but I can't toss that on my TV. What are you talking about? Like, 
I, I just want to be able airplay. to use an app or something. Yeah, I could airplay, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm not even good at this stuff, and I know you can do that. Yeah, I, right? I don't. I, I don't like airplay because it takes up my device. <laughs> You're supposed to be paying attention to the movie anyway. You can't watch the Toxic Avenger and pay attention. Yes, it's one or the that's, other. That's why you're watching it. It's one or the other. <laughs> oh, that's great. Listen, I'm I'm proud of you for getting through it. I, I think as things go on, you're going to realize that it gets more ridiculous. What's really funny is this sounds like the same conversation I have with you over watching the Fast and the Furious movies. Except at least Toxic Avenger makes me laugh. I have not laughed once during the Fast franchise. Where are I mean, the laughs? Um, if you're going to tell me are, it's only going to happen in Hobbs and Shaw, I'm really upset. No, there are a couple in two. Uh, but no, they don't really they don't really show up until the later movies. Honestly, I mean, and that's that's one of the things that's really actually. I'll tell you what, I laugh my ass off in three. When I finally figured out at like the hour and 15 minute mark that this dude, Lucas Black, is supposed to be playing a high school student. That was the funniest damn thing I've ever seen in the movie. <laughs> I I think I called Greg after I watched that movie for the first time because I was watching that movie and playing uh, World of Warcraft at the same time. Mm. And I was just like, this movie is awful. Why is this kid listening to his dad so much like why is he even living with his dad he's got to be in his mid-20s in tokyo and it was there's a scene in it where he's standing on like a rooftop surrounded by like a bunch of very obvious school kids and i was just like jesus this kid this dude's like he's he's sick like why is he hanging out with all these school kids He's a man. He had a beard. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he looks about like John Silver. And it's just like, dude, what is going on here? Like, this is a really odd pull for this movie. Like, oh, wait a minute. He, these are his friends. They're they're all students. Okay. Uh. So yeah. Uh, that being said, now that we've gotten through our, our couple of limited run uh, features here, a uh, couple things to note. Uh, Loki finale is coming next week. Uh, we will probably not have it on the next episode of this, uh, right. just because life finds a way. Um, and I will not be in town. But... Uh, in a couple weeks' time, we're going to do an entire Loki watch-through, and I believe we will be getting back our guest, Ashley. Oh, heck yeah, she's... I, I will give her a solid reminder. I don't think she remembers that she is committed to doing the Marvel series on the podcast, but she's going to learn today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be real great when you're like, by the way, you have to watch Fast and Furious 3. Anyway, moving on! <laughs> Yeah. By the way, we also have to watch a fast franchise so that you can talk about it. She's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I. <it's... laughs> she's gonna know because she's gonna come home. There'll be flowers on the counter. Dinner's gonna be made. There's gonna be like, I'm running a bath. It's it's fine. It's fine. There's candles. She'll be like, 
what do I have to do? <laughs> Why did you, what did make you commit my me favorite to? dinner and buy me flowers? <laughs> what have you committed us to doing? I'd be like, well... Uh, no, that'll be great. Um, I know Greg's probably excited that he can just come out of his restful slumber next week without any sort of burden of responsibility to sit and listen to us talk untold amounts of bullshit with the occasional I hate everything or yellow. <laughs> exactly. There it goes. Uh, along with that, The Witcher Season 2 is coming. Uh, and yep. They did drop an announcement trailer for that. Um, and really, the only other piece of news that we have for this week um, is there is a playlist of songs that didn't make The Suicide Squad released by James Gunn. Uh, did anyone have a chance to check this out? I did. I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to shave it. Shave it. Save it for our socials so that we can actually allow other people to enjoy it as well. I believe the playlist was on Spotify, correct? Yes, it is on Spotify. Okay, so what we'll do is sometime in the next couple days, by the time you hear this, it will have already been posted. Go to our Facebook page. Go to our Twitter page. The link for this playlist will be there. Um, if you have any feedback on that or this or want to tell me why I'm correct in the fact that Fast and the Furious is terrible you can let me know through our Twitter handle which is at versus podcast followed by the underscore or on our Facebook page if you want to tell Richard why he should watch all of the trauma films in sequence and order of release Richard how could he get a hold of you um, at Johnny Rudo I hate everything. You know what? Yeah, do it. Because I'm going to quote tweet it with every Ghost Rider gif I can possibly find. So go ahead. Send it. Send it to that account. Greg, if they want to get a hold of you to be like, Greg, we need to hear more of your sexy, dulcet tones on the podcast. How can they let you know? At Woe Gregory. Uh, And I'm just going to go ahead and toss this out there as we close out. Uh... Someone decided to put together a list of all the Fast and Furious movies and their Japanese title. So for this week's episode, we watched Wild Speed. And for next week's episode, we'll be watching Wild Speed X2. <laughs> that works. I don't know how you did it, but you somehow just made something I'm already not enjoying even worse. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, like, I kind of just want to go through them all now, because some of these are amazing, but I kind of want to save them for as we go from week to week. Greg's excited. Wild yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just watch everything dubbed. At least then I can laugh. Alright, have a good week, everybody.